Hey guys, it's Allison. I am so glad you're here with me. I want to tell you that this podcast, From Weeds to Wildflowers, it's all about resilience. So then it's pretty much about life. And if you've ever experienced life, then this podcast could possibly be for you. I want to put a disclaimer out there first. I am not a therapist. I'm not here to give you advice or to tell you what to do. What I am though is human. Yep, same as you. A human being that has an immense desire to want to help people discover ways to heal. There is so much suffering in this world, some of which stems from outside influences, but most of our suffering comes from within, from our own devices. And that is what worries me the most. I too have suffered, and yes, some of which came by means of my own hands. I would love for you to join me and walk alongside me as we navigate this wonderful, beautiful, sometimes frightening thing we call life. Let's find out what we're made of, and perhaps we can find ways we can do it better. Help me to unearth skills to dig deep in search of proverbial water that heals. Let's learn how to bloom wherever we find ourselves not just where we're planted, and uncover the source of our own innate personal happiness. Come on now, let's do this together. All right, I want to welcome you all to the podcast today. I am so excited. Today I have one of my good friends, Emily Cook. So we have kind of a funny background, how we met and all, but... um, I tell you that people come into your lives for a reason. And Emily has come into my life a couple different times. And I realized that this woman is somebody who needs to be in my life, that I need her in my life. And let me tell you that she is one of the most genuine, loving, caring, giving individuals you will ever meet. I love her to pieces, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. So without further ado, this is Miss Emily Cook. Hi. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Emily. Oh, it's fun to be here. All right. What do you want to know about me? I want you to tell kind of who you are because there is so much to you. I want you to tell, you know, your professional, but I also want you to tell about your creativeness. Okay. Yes. Um, so I'm a physician by uh, trade, I guess. I'm a family medicine physician. Right now I'm working at the Fourth Street Clinic in Salt Lake, which is with the homeless. And I love it. I'm so glad to have landed there. I also uh, work at a methadone clinic and active recovery. So I'm super into the addiction side of medicine. And then uh, by like my favorite thing is art. So since I was little, I have been painting and creating and making jewelry and then really just gift giving. So um, my love language is just giving gifts. So I tend to give away (laughs) my art and uh, jewelry and everything like that. So that's who I am. (laughs) Oh, Emily gives everything away, but she is, oh my gosh, she's an amazing artist. She makes the most beautiful things and um she needs to actually do more with her art and get it out there to the world because it is gorgeous it is just beautiful can tell me a little bit I'm curious how you got started with painting yes okay so when I was well so really have been just stuck with uh some kind of artistic instrument in my hand since little like little kid Mm -hmm. um and my mom um, was nice enough to just always 
like encourage that. And so I started going to this artist, Lou Bellamac in Arizona for her summer camps. And then we would go to new drawing classes when mm-hmm. I was like nine or 10. Oh my gosh. Was, yeah. <laughs> and so, and I've come from a really conservative family. And so around like the like huge family dinner table, like with cousins and stuff, my grandparents were like, that's, pornography and I was like no it's like a bowl of fruit but um (laughs) yeah so I was always doing that and I was always drawing like huge abstract paintings and oil painting at like 10 and um so really honestly always have been painting I thought I would just be an artist I never had like a backup plan of a career choice except I was really good at school um so science-minded and my dad's a doctor So I went to BYU for fine art and and, um, got like a scholarship, which I lost pretty quickly because I didn't really want to go to class. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I graduated in art and then I went to jewelry school. And so um, one of my really good friends in um, high school took me to a jewelry class. And so I learned how to um, wire wrap. And so I'd make all my friends little uh, pieces of jewelry and give gifts and do things like that and so when I finished with BYU I had no idea what to do next and I wasn't married which if anyone knows what Brigham Young University is most people get married that are women that's like amazing that you weren't married (laughs) yeah you get your MRS there right and um no (laughs) no for sure um so then I went to this place called the Gemological Institute of America which does all the diamond trade and gosh um, for real yeah. How did and I not so I, know this about you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I have a little hidden things that I don't tell everyone. So I became a gemologist and um, then like graduated from like, uh, and then like a fine jeweler, except I really like to melt things. I'm not very, uh, I don't like fine, like polished jewelry. I like to like make little weird creations. And so I went to Shane Company to get a job, you know, you have a friend in the jewelry industry and I literally melted the thing <laughs> I was supposed to size. <laughs> so they're like, you can be a pearl strainer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want to strain pearls after getting a degree in art and spending all this money. So um, anyway, then I was like, I'll be a doctor. So there you, <laughs> you go. <laughs> Okay, I am just dying here. I am just dying. Here you graduate. You're a gemologist and you're like, well, no, I don't want to string pearls, which I totally get. But you're like, I guess I'll go be a doctor. I know. It does seem it was really funny. I, I felt like, I mean, I had just gotten, so this is funny. I was engaged to a guy and I <laughs> oh, broke it off um, and I was kind of lost. And like, I went hiking my, like I said, my dad's a doctor. He's like my favorite person in my life. And I had been encouraging this guy to become a doctor. And for some reason, I didn't think that I should become a doctor. I don't really even know why. And I was really hard on him. Like he didn't, he didn't get good grades and he didn't do well on the MCAT. And I was like, dude, why am I thinking he should be one? I'm totally smart. Like I went back and I, I was like, oh, I'll just do this. So I just went back and did the prerequisites and got into med school. And oh my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. Holy cow. <laughs> How many years did you have to put in for med school? Um, so, well, I did two years of prerequisites and that, and during that time I lived with my parents and I was really like, just like I am now, I'm like super introvert, like studied all the time. 
and I actually did and I did a little art but not really and then yeah and then I just got into my first like I got into Midwestern osteopathic school and then that's four years of med school and then three years of residency and then then since then I've been a doctor so I make it sound easy it was actually really hard but (laughs) yeah if you guys I wish you guys could actually see her because Emily is amazing. She is not only fucking smart, <laughs> the effing, but she is gorgeous. She oh, is nice. beautiful. She's got these huge eyes that, <laughs> oh my gosh, I could only imagine that when you're somebody's, you come in as you're like, oh, I'm the doctor. And they're like, what? Oh, what? I mean, she's, she's beautiful. She is, you know, well, I do have some of the homeless men hit on me, but (laughs) (laughs) well, you weren't always working with homeless though. Yeah, but I do love it. So you love working with the homeless. Tell me what it is. What is it that you love working at that clinic? What is it about that? Yeah. And it's not, I, I don't mean to say it's only homeless. It's actually, um, it's great. It's just anybody without insurance and, and not everybody is, I mean, there's people definitely that have homes and there's some people that are here that have just left their country of origin for whatever oh, purposes. Wow. And it's very fascinating. Um, I love that. Um, it just seems like people are appreciative and the, definitely need your care. The whole clinic itself is a wonderful place to be the the people I work with, it's a team mentality. Nobody's kind of above one another. I feel like I, I work with just awesome, like people who want to learn and, you know, you get more time for each patient. I love, love that you, you get to know, you know, who you're working with. And, and I, I, you can see firsthand what people really need in their social economic environment. And that's real life, the right? Life. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not just like, oh, here's your medicine. I have no idea what's going on in your home life. And so, great but this way I could say oh hey, let's get you you know food or blanket or what's ha- you know what's happening right. real time right. so, you yeah. get to actually see the patient you don't oh, yeah. it's not just a quick snapshot you get to get go a little further yeah. in yeah and and, and it's awesome we have our referral coordinators our case managers and um, just all of that right on site. And so, and then I get to go out on the mobile unit, which is like a big van RV theme. So I kind of <laughs> like Scooby-Doo and then we just like park in front of the shelters. And, and that's really cool. Cause some of it, we get to see like full, full circle care where they, they end up getting into a, a skilled nursing facility or different things that, you know, you wouldn't see happen, uh, previously. So it's wow. awesome. How long yeah. have you been doing the mobile unit theme? So this is, um, this has been the past six months I've had this job. Okay. Um, when I left IHC, I was out of work for about a year. Like I had like eight part-time little side hustle jobs, mm-hmm. which is hysterical to keep straight. Um, but <laughs> you know, and none of them are really making money, but I was like, it's going to be fine. So I kind of feel like there for the grace of like, whatever higher power, God go. I like, I could have been homeless, but I have a dad that was really helpful. So mm-hmm. I feel like I also, you know, not everyone plans on what happens in their life. And so I I just, you know, you can't judge why people are in the situation they are. I mean, yeah, you don't expect not to have the job you were having. And if you don't necessarily save or you went through a divorce, like, wow, could have been me. So Have, have there been times like working at this place that you were just in like total shock and disbelief at what you saw? I mean, previously from what you were working with before. 
Oh yeah. And, and, you know, not everyone uh, at Intermountain where I worked, you know, I had like a variety of patients. So I definitely had the disparity and then the, also the wealthy, but mm-hmm. definitely, you know, the stories that people have are just sometimes, I mean, I'm a, unfortunately, unfortunately I have this heart that just is just way too. Oh, yes, open. you do. It's, it's good. It's good, but it's bad because I take it home. And so sometimes my heart just breaks um, for people uh, because they, they definitely, it's not that they chose what's happened to them. So yeah, I'm uh, uh, sometimes appalled and uh, just how people have been treated and kicked out and, um, you know, somehow it's this one, you know, man, you know, like just thrown out of a nursing home and no, his mind is gone. And you're just like, you know, we had no idea who he was and shows up and you're like, what, you know, just means that you're just can't believe our fellow men are, and you don't want, you know, you also want to assume the best, like maybe just something happened that couldn't be helped on either side, but you're just, well, but we do see in life in general, the way sometimes we as human beings treat other human beings. Yeah. Right. Right. I too would just sometimes look and am appalled. I am like, really? Come on, we're all in this together. You know, we're Lovely. all on this great big blue ball. Um, especially just in the last year, my just my feelings of that for other people has just increased. We need more of that in our lives, is just being human to right. other humans. Well, and- I love that because it's we're not always gonna make the right decision, right? And so Correct. if we can if we can withhold the judgment of on the other end because we don't know what they went through or you know what I mean and withhold our judgment when we go into a room uh and apply grace regardless not judging but genuinely trying to understand right man you don't know where people have been right right really I mean, you know, they say, oh, you know, you're the writer of your own book and we're all in different chapters, but that is literally true. Right. We don't know what chapter somebody else is in. Yeah. And don't always assume you're in a, in a higher chapter, right? Oh, yeah. That sort of a thing. Yeah. Cause you'd hope they'd extend it to you. Like I think of my worst days when I've like not acted right. And I'm like, I'd hope they'd extend it to me thinking of how I ended up snapping or whatever. Right. Right. That they afford you that same grace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great thought. I love that. So you've been there for six months. Yep. Um, But you do other things on, you said you you work at a methadone clinic. Yeah. You know, that is actually how I got the four street clinic job or applied to it because at the methadone clinic, that was one of my side, um, hustles I got and they didn't have enough hours for me to call it a full-time job so I'd be there for like three hours and I loved it oh my gosh really yes it is so fun tell me why tell me why Um, so you have to understand I have nursing background so yeah we kind of speak the same language I don't know if my my listeners know but anyway yeah so methadone so methadone is uh, a long acting opiate and agree with it or disagree with it uh, but it's can help people get clean off of heroin abuse. So our opiate epidemic is so, so hard, so hard. And um, there's so many good books to read or so many good documentaries. There's like Dope Sick you could watch on Netflix or like, um, there's another one, uh, Empire of Pain is a good book. But anyway, um, and so a lot of the opiate epidemic has been caused by doctors. So in, you know, 
Um, but um, so <laughs> methadone, you know, it you have to go usually to get it, you have to go to a clinic and, and uh, they can start you on a dose so you can try to get rid of the cravings for heroin. And like I said, I, you know, I don't have any, I don't make any money off of it. So I'm not here to sell it. I don't have any like, you right. know, skin in the game, but working at the clinic was, is kind of a beautiful thing because you do see some people get success on getting over their addictions. And so when I was there, I just found that, you know, I, first of all, love my manager, um, Ashley and the fellow, again, I think any job you have is about the people you work with, Absolutely. right? Hands down. Uh, and so I just found, uh, it comes back to grace. I just found grace with these people mm-hmm. who didn't expect me to be, um, what IHC had kind of started to expect me to be, which was perfect. And I can't be perfect. Right. right. And, um, and they just gave me a place of respite really that I could show up and, um, and be provide you. the care and be me and be like, um, I'm kind of like a, like a, a square shaped peg in a round, in a wor- <laughs> round world. In and a they round let world. me just be me. And that was so nice. And so, and then meeting patients who some, some homeless, some not, you know, it's all walks of life that have addiction, right? So they're, therefore the judgment piece has to walk out the door. Right. Um, so addiction is just, it is a medical condition. We can't have this judgment we used to have. And so I'd meet all these people. And one time, one of the patients was like, oh, well, I've gone to the four street clinic and they need doctors. And I was like, oh, so I applied, but that I just loved, I just loved going there. I still love going there. I just haven't had as much uh, bandwidth to work the three jobs. So I also had the active recovery job, which was another one I got after three I jobs. <laughs> that and used to be me. <laughs> and, no, and it is you. Yeah. You are, you are, you are a woman of many, many hats, right? Oh yeah. Not, not as much anymore. Well, uh, that's not necessarily true. Back, they just, right? they've just changed. They're changed. Yeah. They always change. So, yep. but I don't know that it will ever not be me. Do you know what I mean? No. I don't think I'll ever not have multiple hats either. You know, I, I would have to agree with yeah. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you love it. I love that you see success. And I think, but like you said, the people you work with make it or can make it or break it. Yeah. Because you're with them the whole time yeah. you're there. You know, you get yeah. different patients that come in and different problems and that sort of a thing. But the people that you work with make a huge difference. I love that you love them. That's yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's a key that's, job. Yeah, that is beautiful. I want you to tell. Um, I want you to talk more about your your artwork. Your artwork has been with you since basically the beginning of you. I think you yeah. were. I don't even think I know that when you were conceived, there was a huge creative component of of you, and I think that will always be with you, and it's something that is you. So talk about it in relation to how have you used your artwork in ways to help yourself heal in ways to get you through tough times and maybe, you know, help you with resilience. We talk about resilience here. I've heard it even through all of your doctoring, but let's talk a little bit about your artwork. Yeah. Um, It's essential. So if I am not creating, I can get super dark, <laughs> super depressed. <laughs> um, I, and, and it actually is my way of, so I can't really talk very well. I tend to like lose words or say, um, a lot and everything, but with art, that is my language 
And so if I'm trying to express my emotions and my heart, then it's through my, my pictures and stuff. Um, and especially about body image. So my, my history of addiction and my history of self-harm or depression has come out with body image. And so I've always struggled with eating disorders and stuff like that. And so I think that's where I, if I can relate in any way to people who have heroin or opiate or any of those addictions, cause I've never drank, I've never done any of that. It's, it's through body image. It's through food disorder. I, when I draw women's bodies or, or try to try to make sense of why I feel the need to not like myself, it comes out with how I can just at least put all of those emotions onto canvas. And mm. so sometimes my pictures can go quite ugly because I feel like I'm throwing up onto a piece of <laughs> and then I try to make beauty out of it if that makes sense you know I it does make sense and uh, not scare everybody to death but uh yeah I, I think the only time I can ever feel really free and not like I'm stuck into some form that of perfectionism is when I can just throw color or whatever it is into a space that's not stuck in in a form that has to comply with the standards of the world your canvas doesn't judge it doesn't judge me or or jewelry or melting or whatever right. it is yeah i i mean i too have struggled with um body image you know my entire life and that sort of thing but i love that i love that you can that you have a route to express that through now, the funny thing is, as you said, you know, you don't talk well. I think you're wrong in that, in your sense <laughs> of, of yourself that way, because I, I know that to be true. Um, I'm never, we've never had issues that way, but um, I get where you're coming from. Sometimes it's hard to express yourself in words when, especially when talking about things like that. Right. But addictions are addictions. It doesn't matter if it's um, about, you know, body disorder or or it's heroin or whatever addictions are addictions right yeah they are yeah I think one of the ways that we heal ourselves this is one of the ways I do by being creative mm -hmm. um I think it has helped me to find resilience in some very dark times in my life People are like, well, I'm not creative. Oh my gosh, can I tell you? That is like a trigger for me when people say I'm not creative. That's my favorite thing to argue with people about. Um, I would get in a fight. So my friend that does natured balance, she they were like, Oh, Emily, you always bring up creativity as one of these themes. And like, we can't paint like you. And I'm like, no, but you cook, which exactly. I don't cook. yeah, you dress, you um like create the room. I can't create a room that looks good right. with crap, right? Like, <laughs> you know. There are so many, oh, like you make your children look attractive. You can educate them. You read, you know, you make books, you write, you, any yep. of them. There's so many of them. There, oh, I, I mean, creativity is, it's endless. There are no borders to creativity. Yes. Creativity means whatever the hell you want it to mean. Exactly. Totally. You know, yes. I, I love that there are people that are creative in organization because that is not me. Yes, I would love to be creative in organization. I know, me too. <laughs> I know. We kind of talked about it, but creative and like creating a business plan. I don't know. Creating like how to get, right. um, you know, our artwork out there and sold, right? A marketing plan. All of those things would be great to be creative in. 
Oh my gosh. So much. So I love that you are creative and you, it just continues. You're creative in your doctoring, yeah. you know, in, in your skills. I love that. <laughs> my favorite thing is to bring art supplies to my job. And then if there's someone that needs that, I can gift them. And then like, those are some of my favorite parts of like, I felt like when I had the answer that I needed to go to medical school, and pursue that. Like I had a definite, even though I made it sound like I had a different answer that what I was doing in my life was my art would be expanded by going into a caregiving field because I needed to meet people that needed my services and the arts. So I know that however I show up has to be where I can not only like help them with their illnesses, but also show a path where they can also create. Does that make sense? That is gorgeous. No, no, it totally makes sense. Yes. And so there have been several that I've like, okay, how can you get back from your depression with art and healing? And, and even if your creativity isn't in the arts, how do you find joy in your life? And so one cool thing that I have learned with like studying functional medicine, which it can be an aside another time we talk about, but is looking at your life's you know, it's, it's like a circle, like, how do we bring back that balance of life? And if you're if and not just talking to people about their illnesses, but about their beautiful life's goals, and bringing joy back in, in that doctor visit. Does that make sense? I love that, because that's actually, I think, where the disconnect comes, because these people have these either mental health or physical health. Well, generally even people who have physical health problems have mental health issues because of the physical yeah. health. Right. But sure. yeah. I think often they get caught in this web of yeah. that illness, whether it be mental or physical is them. Yeah. And they forget that whole other entity. Right. That, that whole, it's, it's like, if you're looking at a circle and this bottom part of the circle, that that um, that bottom half, that is their ailment, right? Right. But they but they forget that top half of the circle, which brings them full circle, yeah. which is who they truly are. Right. Are they? They really are not their illness. That's over time, though. I I see how that actually becomes them. It's easy for our body to become the mind. And be like, well, this is who I am. And this is, this is me. I'm just sick all of the time. You right. know, I'm used to feeling like shit all of the time instead of realizing, no, as a human being, we really are not. And the more we get into though, that, that toxic talk, right. About that, that is who we are. And we forget that other part of us that makes us more ill. Yeah. Instead, you know, what somebody yeah. had said, disease actually comes from dis-ease. Yes. Yeah. Right. Do you believe that yeah. too? I totally believe work? that. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think we all need to be asking that question. Yeah. What brings me joy? And when were when was the last time you were happy? When was the last time you <sighs> felt well? You know, and it doesn't have to be these things that we think are, you know, because people will be like, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy if. But when was the last time? And it doesn't, ha it's not always, oh, when I had this amount of money, when I had this boyfriend or this, it can also be like just finding that time where you were content which was actually yesterday I was content just painting sitting with my dogs or you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. those are 
stillness or meditate. That's where meditation comes in and finding that peace within ourselves. Right? I think everybody needs some sort of practice, um, yeah. like a meditative practice, a breath work practice or something, but yeah. it, being happy doesn't have to be an event. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something you are working toward, like, as in, I'll, I'll be happy when we, we need to realize this. We can be happy now. Now, right. Every day, even with yeah. the shit that goes on. Oh, for sure. I'm yeah. like, my whole life can be a shit show. Yeah. But I can still be happy. Totally. I try, and we're trying to teach my daughter that, like, it's like just waking up on that right side of the bed. You put the music on. We're just dance a little bit. We can have that contentment. Yep. It might suck that we're driving for a half an hour, but it can be fun that we're driving for a half. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. you have to, like, it's that attitude. It adjustment. is. Yeah. It is attitude. I said, and we're not even talking, we're not talking toxic positivity. There is such a thing as that. Oh, I know. I just did a like theme on that with the um, insight timer, the toxic positivity. Was it on there? Something. It was great. Cause yeah, yeah. you can feel the fills. Like there are some stuff that sucks. Right. Right. But you do, you can make your attitude better. Thoughts are things, right? Yeah, People totally say are. that, but it is for real thoughts are things. If we're filling yeah. our head with negative thoughts, those are the things that we're going to attract. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's so true. Ah, you know, and yeah. changing that mindset is really hard. Yeah. It, well, it can be hard. It's just a yeah. step at a time, you know, making a yeah. choice. And right there, you did it. You're like, it's really hard. Or it can be like, it's right. a mindset. like, or I can do it now. I could, you know, like, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, I know, like, <sighs> so even though we weren't recording then, and we were talking about how we need to make goals, we can just make those goals easy. Right? Exactly. Make exactly. So we yeah. were talking before the podcast, before I started recording, we were yeah. talking about holding each other to the fire for a couple of things that, because Emily and I are so similar in so many ways. And we're like, but this is so hard, you know, but then exactly. What if it wasn't? It, and that's it, what I've had to tell myself with my editing and that sort yeah. of thing that I'm still doing myself. I'm like, this isn't hard. It may be a little bit time consuming for me yeah. because I'm not as good as other people as other people at this, but no, it doesn't have to be hard. You are no. so right. I'm so right. <laughs> I love that. Okay, <laughs> Emily, then <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be hard and we're it's still going to get it done when we said we were going to. Yeah, we're going to get it done. It's going to be great. <laughs> so what are your plans moving forward with 2023? Um, well, it's the long, what we just were talking about. I am going to get my art promoted and marketed and I will charge for it and not just give it away. <laughs> right. Excellent. Because I would like to have um, the ability to actually help others because that is who I you are. made some living for myself. That's not just medically based. Right. Yes. Because it does, it does drain you. I mean, the, I think, well, I'm, this is a big assumption, so I'm going to make an ass of myself. But I know that people always, they do say it to me. They're like, oh, well, you make a lot of money. You're a doctor. And that is not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is a fine wage. It's a fine wage. But um, there's still, you know, student loan debt and stuff like that. So I would like to actually um, make some for my art and then be able to, you know, put some aside for my daughter, but then also make a difference with some of the, the needs that I see in the homeless community because there are a ton. So I'd like to be able to like pay forward and, and do some of the stuff I've talked about, whether it's with functional medicine or art or whatever, but 
yeah, I'd see 2023 with some growth and letting go of the things that don't serve me. That's beautiful. I know that we, at one point, um, my, my path has kind of taken a different trajectory, but we had talked about a community center. Remember? I would love to do a community center. Everyone that was in my group have, they've all gone their own, you know, like nature balance, like Brooke and different people, but I would love, that is still an ultimate goal. So maybe that's my, that's still part of my heart. So if yeah. you ever want to go there, we were talking about doing a community center where people can come and, and be creative. Um, <laughs> and even like, so say Ogden, there's a lot of um, low income housing, but yeah. there's also a lot of like apartments and things like that. And so there are people who don't have their own studios, but have spaces that they could either um, rent for a a period of time or they could come and teach classes to other people or, you know, that sort of thing. I always thought that would be so much fun. Oh, I would love it. I mean, that's like why I give out art supplies. Right. (laughs) I would love to. Oh, and I even want to, at the shelter, one of the shelters, uh, it's a woman's one and they, I want to like teach some art classes there because they are just starving for it. Oh my gosh. You know how much healing can go on there? That would be beautiful. Because yeah, there needs to be healing there because they get after each other. It's so, it's such a drama Rama club. Oh my gosh. Well, I'd I'd said to somebody, I said, we don't need men to treat us like crap. We treat each other like crap often. It's so true. I'm always like, why are you guys like this? Like still for me, like I gave one of the cute older ladies a pair of earrings. And then the next last time I saw her, she's like, oh, they got stolen. I'm like, ah, it was oh. so sad. I know, but luckily I have another pair. I just get yeah. It's just, it's us just needing to love one another, right? I, I know I it know. seems so simple, but yet why I don't know it's so hard. Why? I know. Why? Why when you're down on your luck, do you need another person stealing from you? My gosh. I think it's, this was my estimation. I was just thinking, um, there's this innate sense of competition or yeah. comparison. Right. Oh, I have a great quote that was on Facebook this morning. It was, it. you you can't compete with me because I want you to win too. Exactly. Why can't we all win? We can. We can. I, somebody has told us somewhere that we can't. I know. I'm trying to look at others through eyes of love and realizing that what I first assumed may not be what I thought. Yeah. And so... Let's give each other a little more grace, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I see emotion and color, and grace to me is purple yeah. for some reason. I don't know. Oh yeah. Do you do that in your painting? Um, Have you ever noticed? Well, it just makes it makes sense. Like the colors make sense as far as what gotcha. they're supposed to be, like okay. color wise. Maybe even the next time you paint, I want you to think, "Hey, what color am I using, and what am I actually feeling?" I'm just curious. Actually, well, I'm just surrounded by paintings. So I'm just trying to see what I'm thinking. There's a lot of purple and pink in my paintings. See, pink to me is compassion. Kind of a, a rose, a rose gold pinkish yeah. is compassion. I don't, I, I went through a time where it was just like, everything was like color. Like that totally makes sense. I love to like, look up uh, like the meaning of those things, you know, like I was reading the meaning of flowers and different things. And oh, then yeah. It's so fun, right? Oh, I love, but you were a forever learner. You, you oh, even sure. showed that in everything, right? Yeah, like I think I'm at 340 books now. 
but they're not all learning books. There was a lot of mysteries in there, but like, <laughs> but so yeah. You've even counted. I can't believe it. I, oh, I couldn't even have started to. I put them in Goodreads because I like to keep track because I so, do. A little... So 350, you said? 340. But I my goal every year is 300 at least. Oh, I was going to say, so what time frame is that? So in a year. Every year I have to do at least 300. Holy but this crap. year, I mean. But this year, I actually only put 100 as my goal because I was like, oh, I'll do other stuff. But then I got to 340. Oh, my goodness. Emily, that is amazing. No, no, I just listen. I listen to books like really fast. Like I and then I, I, this is how, you know, dating apps are stupid is because I <laughs> back when I was on them, one of the guys was like, because my thing was like, oh, I'll listen to a like a book a day or whatever. And he's like, is it like a cartoon book or whatever? I'm like, you're such a dumbass. Like, boy, <laughs> like guys are dumbasses. Like, okay, no. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. yeah. Does it have pictures? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's an audio book. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Oh my gosh. I have so enjoyed our time together today. Yeah. I thank well, you I just so much. I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you too. Thank you so much for taking your time. Of course. Um, and just yeah. being here with me. I'm yeah. so grateful that we reconnected. We, we had a hard time kind of connecting again, like visually, yes. right? We've texted back and forth here and there, but yeah. we've had a hard time connecting visually, but I'm glad that we are holding ourselves each other yeah. to the fire. And yes. so we will be continuing to connect and I want to hear how things are going for you come first of the year too. Okay. So for sure. All, all right. right. Thanks, okay. honey. All right. Okay. We'll talk okay. to you later. Okay. Bye. What a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. So much goodness and so many tidbits to take away from today's conversation. I hope that this episode caused you to pause, to think, to feel, and maybe dig deeper in the search for resilience within yourself. I hope that some of you were able to find things here to add to or to help you hone tools you've already acquired in your individual search for resilience. I can't wait to see you next time.